Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel and Matt Ellis on this one. Now, we've been away for quite a long time. Um, few reasons for that hopefully they're all sorted now we can become a little bit more regular again uh no matt blanchard this time but we are delighted to have a guest he's been on the podcast before uh jamie sylvester how are you jamie i'm good thank you thanks for having me on again not at all not at all um as i say we've not been on for a while so i think the best way of doing this is sort of splitting it in two focuses really um we've got the league and we've got the unbeaten run and you know we can look at you know the team in general and scoring and things like that um, we'll do that shortly, but I think let's start with this weekend and let's start yesterday because, you know, going out in the cup qualifier to South Shields, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying this is the lowest point ever. I mean, how how do you see it? It wasn't a shock though, was it? To be fair, I mean, as soon as the draw was made, you think that's going to be really difficult and we never do well when we're backs against it, do we? No, that's the thing. And I think the, I think a lot of consensus has been that really in that, the the anger as such isn't really there and, and it's like you say Jamie it was it, it was almost expected wasn't it you know I wasn't seeing many people saying it but yeah it's you know it's an easy game we should be sailing through into the first round no absolutely not I mean <clears throat> that's where we are now though isn't it it's just it's 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 the expected result it's like you know if it's going to go wrong if it's, there's a chance that it's going to go wrong it's going to go wrong it's just like Scunthorpe United's um, trademark now isn't it really anything you, you can expect to go wrong literally will you know potential banana skin it's not a banana skin it's just a pretty much nailed on loss really um, and, and that's pretty much what it was um, and I obviously <clears throat> didn't go to the game but watching the highlights um, all 11 minutes worth on, on YouTube and we just looked you know we looked like the complete amateur team really you know um, against a team was like what uh, in the 8th tier 30, 33 places blowers um, in the pyramids and you know just watching it they, they were the better team you know more mm. ideas more willing to attack created plenty of chances you know they just pulled pulled us to bits really and again we're supposed to be the professional football team and it was just you know completely abject and and, and embarrassing but you know that's what we are is is this our level you know we <laughs> who, who knows but it's just like completely and utterly embarrassing isn't it really no disrespect to, to South Shield who did everything right and and went through deservedly to the next round of the cup and it's just another long it's another embarrassment and a long list of embarrassments you know really we are the the kind of Tory party of the um, football <laughs> league really you know it's a new week it's a new disgrace it's a new um you know it's a new it's a new low and and expect there to be more lows lower than this this season it would not surprise me let's remember we're in in the relegation zone for a reason and um you know, who wasn't playing against South Shields up to, you know, our best player by mm. a country, several different country miles. And you take that kind of X factor, that that bit of real quality out of the team and we just look completely pedestrian against, a, you know, a, a semi-professional team. Let's come on to Aptra in a minute because I think we can talk about him in terms of the league. I want to just read this from um, Andy from Iron Stats because I think it's, it's interesting. Uh, this is obviously before yesterday, but it's saying the Iron have lost 
the last eight consecutive games in cup competitions and are without a win in the last 11. So they've drawn one, lost 10, a run going back to January 2020. The last win in the FA Cup was in November 2018, 2-1 win against Burton. And their last away win was November 2014, beating Forest Green. And, and that's it. And I think we know we're struggling in the cup. That just backs it up. But this year, I think more than any, we needed a cup run, you know, just financially as much as anything. Back in Wharton's day, like, the FA Cup, that was like the biggest point of the season, wasn't it? We we would routinely get to the third round every mm-hmm. single year. And now we don't even look capable of winning a game in any cup competition, let alone getting to the third round. I mean, why is no emphasis being put properly on the FA Cup? Brian Law said it, didn't he, that the FA Cup was basically set his transfer budget for the season. So why, why yeah. can't we do that anymore? Was it Chelsea? Was that the last time we sort of went, you know, further well, further than the first round, really? Was that, when was that, Twenty. 20- 15, was it? 2014, 15? Oh, no, no, no. Jesus, that was like 2006, wasn't it? Something no, like the yeah. second time. Oh, we, right, okay. Remember? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I forgot about that one, yeah. Um, that was when Robbins was in charge, wasn't it? Yeah, Robbins. It was yeah. It was one of his... Um, wasn't it I one remember. of his last ones when he sacked at Blackpool afterwards? Yeah, I remember going to... Do you remember... Were you, did we go to that on Coach Jamie and then like somebody made her out and mess of the toilet all the way back? It was horrendous. That's what <laughs> did, I remember yeah. about that game. Was, um... That's your memory. <laughs> That's my memory of that game, yeah. <laughs> That was horrendous. Rolling down the aisle on the bus, one day on the way. Literally, out. yeah, it sort of <laughs> overflowed and broke the door down. Essentially, it was like looking to beat a few people up, and uh, yeah, it was shocking. But that's what I remember about that. I think um, that was our last sort of significant cup game, really. Yeah, so it's, it's right. been a good couple of years, hasn't it? Really, and and like you say, it it, it could set a budget, especially at this level. Yeah, it's, it's the combination of the, the money from the cup and also the um, the money from kind of transfer revenue of, of sort of like signing or sorry, selling a striker on or selling a relatively young player on who's, who's kind of we, we've we've sort of found polished a bit and then sent them off into the into the rest of the world, really. And, and that's where we used to make our money. Um, but obviously, up until recently, it's been Peter Swan putting his hand in his pocket and, and making some questionable financial decisions I suppose and, and obviously uh, you know at times signing some really good players with that money when we were when we were decent you know top end of league one he was he was he was you know he we, we thought we were going to sign even Tony we tried to sign him do you remember we had some money for that which was yeah. unbelievable really um, and then since then it's obviously gone downhill uh, you know in, incredible speed to be honest and you know it's just like the the, the FA Cup it, for, for clubs like us that should be the bread and butter of the money maker obviously it's not going to work every season but I think our kind of performance in any com- cup competition in the past sort of like five to six years has been absolutely abysmal and it's continued again this weekend and there's only I mean I, I can't remember but isn't there's only FA Trophy really now isn't there that's is that the only one for us left probably right yeah and it's another another opportunity to embarrass ourselves isn't it <laughs> but just before we move on from the cup would you say with those sort of people saying it on Twitter and everything like that, do you think this is the lowest point or do you think going out of the Football League, you know, last season, is that more significant? What, which do you think ranks? Well, it's got to be going out of the Football League, but l- let's be honest, that there's a real risk that we drop out of this league as well. Mm. And then that is the low point. And then at that point, you're, you're looking at unsavoury things like administration, liquidation and and sort of, real Phoenix club territory, if you like, and Scunthorpe United could fail to exist in a few years' time. And and we were just... just it could talking. be sooner than that, you know. Exactly. We were yeah. talking about this earlier, thinking about, um, funnily enough, colours for my wedding in in, um, in 2024. And I thought, you know, I, I said to... 
I said to my partner, I said, you know, what do we do we want to do? Scunthorpe United close. She she obviously told me to fuck off, and rightly <laughs> so. Um, but I said, you know, chances are we might not even have a club by that point, and that's in less than two years. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a real, very, very real possibility, mm. and and it is going to get worse before it gets better, unless you know a buyer comes out and there is a complete tra- um, takeover, which. There's been no noise on for a while now, so you know, th- don't hold your breath for that one. But that's really the the kind of thing that's going to save this club, really. Um, yeah, that's what we're waiting for. I think we are, but also I think it's probably worth pointing out that you know, even if we even if we do get a buyer in, and let you know, let's say we wake up tomorrow and out of nowhere, you know, it's been sold. It, you know, we've got a new chairman in. It, it's not going to be a sort of overnight change in terms of you know on the pitch and stuff, is it? You know, I think. Do you think relegation is a real possibility this season or or do you think we, we're still doing enough to stay safe? I think we're good enough to stay up if we put the effort in every week because mm. um, we've got some quality players going forward, haven't we, at the moment? So I think we're in that kind of group where we're, we're not a good side but we're not a terrible side, if you know what I mean. There's some really, really poor sides in this division and I don't think we're one of them. A lot of people have said as well sort of consolidation would be a, a success this season, really. I think so. Yeah, we just need to stop the rot, don't we? This has mm. been going on for years now. We just need to stay somewhere, regroup next summer, and then find out what sort of side we're going to be. Are we going to be a perennial National League side, or are we going to be a team that kind of pushes on every year? And I suppose we're sort of seeing a little bit of that in terms of our league form recently. You know, since Tony Dawes has been in. Um, it does feel a little bit of a different side to the one that Keith Hill was under. I mean, as I say, was it six in a row now, isn't it? That unbeaten, obviously a lot of draws in that, but also a lot of goals as well. And that's something that we haven't had for a while. It's good yeah. to see. Makes a difference from last season, doesn't it? Where we weren't capable of defending or scoring. Um, but it's just turning them goals into wins, isn't it? Because we don't seem capable of doing that. Last Saturday when we played Aldershot, when we were winning, we was up to 16th in the league. Mm. Two minutes later, they equalised and we're down to second from bottom. I mean, we're so close yet, so far out from being where we need to be. And I think a few of those draws, certainly the more recent ones, you know, realistically, there was enough there in, in the team to to have won some of those games. I mean, as you say, all the shot, you're 3-1 up at one point, you know, 3-1 up at half time. We should have been able to see that one out, you know. Obviously, we did beat Dorking, but again, having to come from behind as well and, and scoring late on, I think Oldham as well probably could have got a win there, really. And, and I say I wasn't at Torquay, but by all accounts, you know, there was chances there as well. Exactly that, yeah. We, while we're playing well, we need to get points on the board because there is going to come a time in the coming months. I mean, December, January is standard when we fall to pieces. And then we're not going to get any points on the board, are we? So we need to start winning now while we're playing well because bad performances will come. Oh, and a, a win can go a long way because, yeah, it, although we are at the bottom at the minute, you know, there's not that much in it between points, really. And as I say, three could could take you quite a long way. Um, Maybe let's just turn our attention to Rob Apter because obviously we've mentioned him already. He's been involved significantly in this squad since he came in. Um, Goals in a couple of the games, something in the York one, a great one against Aldershot as well, a couple of assists as well. I mean... You think back to when we did loan him in, the Blackpool fans were saying they're really surprised he's come to this level and that he could get in a League One club. You know, you always a bit dubious of comments like that when you before you've seen him, but it's true for him. I mean, he's he's leagues ahead of this team, and I do just wonder is it is it a matter of time before he's you know recalled and uh, maybe not necessarily in the Blackpool squad, but loaned out higher up. I, th- I think 
that's probably what we're looking at. Unfortunately, I think he's he's learned to January, isn't it? And and you know he's he's head and shoulders above everybody else on the pitch on pretty much most of the games. You know that that he's played for us so far. That includes obviously the opposition team as well. And and he's just he's just you know so good. He creates and he scores and he's he's really kind of led the sort of renaissance, if you like. Um, the fact that we've managed to obviously go six unbeaten, um, even though they're most of my draws, sure, but it's still a, a pretty a relatively impressive achievement given how you know how much we basically just lose every other game um, and that's kind of what we do as a club um so that the rot has sort of been stopped to some extent and i think well you only have to look at games sorry matt you only have to look at games mm-hmm. before that to see that there is improvement i mean like losing two to <laughs> boreham wood losing two to halifax you know losing against bromley when they're down to 10 men and then of course obviously the solio moors one which was you know four three which was ridiculous wasn't it but they're they're not no disrespect to them they're not teams realistically that you'd think a couple of years ago we should be losing against so i i think i think there is something to be said for what tony Dawes has started to do maybe but like i say it's not really going far enough yet no and i think we've been unlucky really i think we sort of probably should have won another two of those games out of the six. And, and we, we, you're looking kind of just like slightly low mid-table, as, as Jamie was saying a minute ago, you know, just a few points makes a huge difference and you're right up to 16th, really. Um, and, and you know, the, the, the only reason that we're not there is the defence. It's as simple as that. You know, we do score a decent amount of goals and we create a lot of chances for a team who is in the bottom four. Um, it's just that we cannot keep them out at the, other, at the other end. We just cannot do it. We always concede within the first 10 minutes. It, uh, an absolutely horrendous trait for a team who, who needs to win games to get out of the um, the bottom four, really. And, and we, 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 what we can't, uh, no clean sheets in 25 games, including the game on Saturday as well, which is absolutely abysmal. Uh, 25 games without a clean sheet. Jesus Christ, that is terrible. So, you know, going in to any game you play, you know you've got to score at least one goal to get anything out of it whatsoever. And you've probably got to score at least two to get a win. So that's not good. That can't be good psychologically for the strikers, for the players who've got to create and score and think, shit, we've got to score at least two here to get anything from the game. Because we know the defence is absolutely diabolical. It's, it's dreadful. Um, and it's really, really frustrating because you want that kind of foundation to be able to move forward and, and start to get some wins. Because if, if the defence was even slightly competent, we would be in mid-table at this point. That's where we would be. Um, and that's the problem. And I think that it, it's, it doesn't help. But I'm not a huge fan of Dewhurst. I think he's not great, to be honest. I don't want to be too harsh because, you know, we're still relatively early in the season. But I think that he's he's got all the hallmarks of being another Rory Watson, which is exactly what we didn't want. And I just don't understand why the club has got such a, a kind of tendency to go for young goalkeepers rather than go for just some experience. You know, anybody look at um, Howard's playing for Wrexham at the minute and he was really good for us. We just wanted an experienced keeper. You know, no nobody's been pulling up trees or anything like that. Just really solid, dependable, experienced keeper that the defence could rely on. But if you just look at kind of Dewhurst performances, he's, he's very, very shaky. Um, and, and that is not a good look and it's not going to give any confidence to the back four. And he, that's just why he reminded me Watson. He's just, you know, very kind of error prone um, and pretty shaky. He just pulls off some really good saves. You know, Watson used to pull off some really good saves, but it's just the, the kind of fundamentals, the basics of goalkeeping that neither of them seem to be able to get right. And that's the platform that we really lack at this level, I think. So I honestly would like to see us bring in an experienced goalkeeper. I don't think we will. I think we'll stick, stick with Dewhurst, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it would be nice to bring an experienced keeper. And I think that will go a long way to sorting out the issues we've had. And I think I, that I think, it will really help push us up the table. I think if I can just jump in on, on this point as well, <laughs> just with um, with that older shot game. I mean, yeah, there's a couple, I, well, to be honest, most of the goals from my memory 
should have done a bit better on, certainly the first one. I think the the thing that annoyed fans in the ground that day, um, and maybe this comes to experience, I don't know. Maybe it's a decision from the coaching team. I'm not sure. But, you know, it was three all towards the end of the game. As Jamie, as we were saying earlier on, there was another goal in that game. And it, it, whenever it was coming to him, he was, he was holding it, you know, and almost being like, well, we've been 3-1 up. It's come back to 3-all. You know, let let's let's get a point. You know, there wasn't any urgency. There was a bit of time wasting going on. I think that really did sort of annoy fans in the ground that day. And, and like I say, that might be, a, uh, you know, an experience point. You know, maybe a different keeper would have done something more. It might have been that he's been told to do that from the coaching staff. We don't know, but that that was something that annoyed people. I don't think we're a team that can kind of settle for a point. Though, to be fair, <laughs> with ten minutes to go and we've conceded the last two goals, there was another goal in that game. Mm. So why are we wasting time trying to sell for a point when we can't defend? We should, he should have been, like you say, he should have been speeding the game up and getting the ball forward because there was an op- another opportunity for us there, I'm sure of it, that we should have taken. But it is little sort of moments like that that ultimately over the course of a season can prove a difference. You know, you, you nick one goal late on in a game, it can have a massive impact. Exactly. Just that goal against Dorking that Taft mm. scored. I mean, that gave us a huge lift, didn't it? That is, it came from nowhere, really. And like I say, that just last last minute, split second goal, and suddenly everyone gets a lift and we're looking up rather than down. And like I say, if we'd have sped things up against all the shot, we would have got that goal and I'm sure we would have won the game and now we'll be looking at a, a lot more positive situation. Mm. Um, sorry, Matt, I sort of jumped in there. Do you want to carry on where you were? We, we've just had problems with goalkeepers really since kind of jokes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Left or got forced out by McCall, and it's just never really been something we've looked at as a club to, to bring in experience. And it's it's really frustrating because everybody else can see it. We're just crying out for an experienced goalkeeper you know um somebody who's just steady you know very very steady just calms the ship calms the 
the sort of back four gives them a bit of reassurance and, and, and stuff like that. And I I don't think that's what we get from, from Dewhurst. We never got that from Watson. So we're basically a continuation of that, which is really, really frustrating. And I honestly thought that that would have been identified. You know, it's, we've had so many opportunities to, to kind of sort that out. And, and that really would have been kind of top of my shopping list this summer was, was to bring in an experienced keeper. And, and when, when I saw we brought in a, another rookie online, I was just like, Oh, here we go again, you know, and, it, you know, it's proven to be kind of true, really. It's, it's disappointing and it's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, really, they need to be serious about him bringing an experienced keeper. And I'm, I think he's it's a season-long loan, isn't it? So I guess we'd mm-hmm. have to send it back to um, Sheffield United, isn't it? That Sheffield United, from. Yeah. So um, we'd have to send him back. But Are you surprised he played yesterday in the Cup? No, not really, because I just think that, you know, bringing Foster in again it's more inexperience isn't it it's no disrespect to Foster he's he's obviously highly regarded and he was what he was training at Notts Forest yeah they're they're obviously interested or you know they've seen something yeah and so I think that probably was probably the right decision to keep doing just because just because he's got more experience you know he played um you know quite a lot last season um Christ I can't remember who had him was it Bromley and they had him on loan last season. He played in the National League. So um, I just think that it was probably the right decision just to keep him in. You know, as I said, I'm not a fan, but again, he's, he's got more experience than Foster. No no disrespect to Foster. I think that probably was the, the right decision. Um, but I'd just like to see him maybe go back and bring him some experience. And then, you know, Foster could probably learn more from the experienced goalkeeper rather than he would from, from a rookie who obviously is, is Dewhurst, really. And that would be more of an ideal, an ideal scenario. But it's it's just the way it is. We need to look at that. And we, we need to look at a couple of other areas of, of, the, of the team, really. But other than that, uh, you know, the, the squad's okay. I think that we, we did show that we had a lack of depth yesterday. Just um, going to come on to that, yeah. Yeah, obviously Butterfield was in head, head injury. You take that, that's quality and taking out the team. And obviously after the um, Blackpool didn't want him to become cup-tied so we couldn't play him. So, um, you know, that those two really kind of creative players have been taken out and you're going to struggle to create. But again, we were playing a, you know, a team that's kind of 33 places below. So you would have thought we would have had enough to at least get something from the game. But obviously that wasn't the case. So, yeah. It's just shite, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we've said before, though, there is obviously a massive, you know, defensive issues. Um, it, I think part of it is coming to depth. I mean, you look at, maybe, I'm going back to the older shot game as well. Um, Boyce went off injured, didn't he, fairly early on. Um, at that point, I think Rowe, who was certainly in that sort of right wing back role, drops into the middle. And then Tom Pugh, who, have, of course, we have re-signed recently since we've done a podcast. We've not mentioned that. He's come back in and then having to slot in at that sort of, you know, right back, right wing back role. And I know he has played there before, but it's not really his role. And I don't think you're going to get the best out of him. So maybe let's just have a, a minute or two on, on Tom Pugh. And, and what do you make of him coming back and, and how can we use him best? I was surprised when he came back, to be honest, because... I don't know about you guys, but he, my opinion is he, he didn't tear up many trees last season for us, particularly at the start of the season. So I think he was rightly released in the summer. Um, so, yeah, to see him come back again and heralded a hero, I was quite surprised at that, to be honest. Um, he's probably OK as a squad player, but I don't think he should be playing every week. Certainly not, no. Because, um, I mean, what is his best position? Is he a right-back? He started last season as a right-back and he was... Um, dodgy at best and then he went into midfield and didn't do an awful lot there is he a midfielder or is he a right back he's like the new Levi Sutton but not as good he's he's a player that reminds me a lot of Levi Sutton I think he's more of a centre midfielder than a, than a right back um, I'd say I, I think I think I think the why there was maybe a little bit of surprise when he left was as you say because he, he can operate a few roles in, in maybe in a way that Jay Rowe does a little bit 
Um, and, and players like that at this level are, are useful to some degree. You know, I think, as we say, depth is an issue. So if you can have somebody that can fill in here and there, it's not, you know, not necessarily the worst thing. And obviously, I think, you know, there's going to be people that are sort of sentimental about it, given that he sort of came through our, our system, aren't there? But, you know, you can't you can't hang on to that in football. Yeah, there's no room for sentiment in football. It's, it's killed us before and it'll kill us again. And I don't know about Pew, really. I think that uh, I probably agree with Jamie, to be honest. I think he probably was rightly released at the end of last season. And, and you know, he I don't necessarily like him nor dislike him. I think he was probably, uh, you know, probably done a little bit dirty the way that he was played at right back. He's not a right back. I think he is a centre mid. That's his best position. Um, so it was unfortunate that really we only really saw him properly at right back. And that's not his position when we're kind of struggling with injuries and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, he probably didn't get a chance to show what he could do completely. But, uh, you know, I wasn't that bad that he uh, wasn't that bothered that he came back. But I think that, you know, it just shows that nobody else snapped him up, that he can't have been thought of that that well by kind of the scouting network in the country. Do you know what I mean? To, to kind of bring him into even a kind of National League side he didn't get kind of picked up. So I can imagine we probably picked him up on a relatively low wage, probably lower than what he was getting paid before. So it's probably a, a little bit of a bargain for the club, I suppose. Um, and, and he does give us a little bit of depth that obviously now when Butterfield was out, we kind of needed an extra body in there if it was on the bench or if it was kind of on the starting lineup, you know. Um, and I think that, that he he sort of fill, fits that bill. And I think he, he's a decent footballer. You know, he, he he's relatively technically okay. Um but he's just not a right back. Um, so, you know, I think that it's okay to add a bit of depth. And if he was pretty cheap, then that's fair enough. Should we maybe look at the other end of the pitch then? Because another thing that that went on since we've been on last was the, the Joe Nuttall situation. And, you know, he was quite heavily rumoured to be linked to Oldham. And, you know, there was talk of they'd put a bid in and that, you know, what I think at one point maybe it was accepted or you know or not, but he he then said he wanted to stay at the club and obviously travel with the team and has since played. Um, what what did we make of that situation and the fact that he has ultimately stayed? You know, for now, do you think we're going to see him out through the season or do you think he's you know come sort of end of December January time somebody else might be looking? No, wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, I quite like Nuttall. I've always liked him. I was like, he's, he's, he's had something about him. He's got a bit of pace, a bit of power. He's got some presence. And and he's been all right this season, to be honest. He's, he's put a shift in most matches and he's, he probably should have scored more than he has. He's missed some absolute sitters. Yeah, he um, does but... seem to need maybe <clears throat> maybe two or three for every goal. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And he missed a pen as well, didn't he? But I think he will score goals given the service. And, and you know, if we can keep the ball at the other end of the pitch and instead of trying to defend and, and concede all the time, I think he... He'll be all right. I think he's he's one of our better players and I think he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet. And I think to some extent he's proven himself a little bit because obviously he had a lot of broad press like last season when he when he kind of abused the terrace, which is never a good idea for kind of any any player at any club to kind of, you know, swear at your own fans. Um but I think he's he's he turned he's that around. Tried, hasn't he? He's he's taken that on board. And I think that we've gone from a player who everyone was like we don't want him, you know, he would have got booed when he came on because of that to a player that has put some effort in, you know, over the summer to improve his fitness. You know, he's come on, he, he's performed pretty well this season. He's got a few goals and he's kind of said, look, I don't want to go to Oldham. I would rather stay here for whatever reason that is. I think a bid was accepted and he just was like, no, I don't want to go, um, which is, and I think apparently it, it was a decent amount of money that they offered and it obviously would have helped the club. Um with the financial straits we're in at the minute, but at the same time, we need to keep our best players and he is one of our best players. So um, I think fair play to him that he said, you know, the, the club needs me. I want to help them stay up. 
I'm going to stay. Um, and if that means that he goes in the summer, but he's contributed enough to help us retain our status in this league, then that was the right decision all round. I don't think he'll be here in January, to be fair. I think if you read the, the statement that Turnbull put out regarding the whole Nuttall situation, reading between the lines, he's for sale. And the first next bid that comes in will get accepted, guaranteed. The club's doing everything they can to sell him, to, to raise funds, basically, to keep us afloat. We've, we've been here before, haven't we, in terms of like selling your perceived best players and then and then not replacing them. I mean, even just last season when, when Loft went, I don't think we replaced him, did we? And it, it, kind of a, it can be very, very dangerous. And, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying in terms of, yeah, we, you know, we do need the funds desperately, obviously, but you've got to balance that in terms of, you know, staying up. Absolutely. If we sell Nuttall in January and Apta goes back to Blackpool and replace him with Carver coming back from Southport, we won't be playing National League football next season, that's for sure. We'll be going straight down because you're going to lose, what, 20 goals between January and May out of the side? We're not going to replace them, are we? So I hope we've got, why, why would we have to sell our best players if it's going to get us relegated like we did last season? Selling Loft relegated us and selling Nuttall again will relegate us. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I think there's something similar as when we lost kind of Gilead and Issa as well. Yeah, those goals, that creativity was just completely taken out of the team and, and not replaced in any way. And then, you know, we, we can't keep them out at one end. So we, if we don't score at the other end, we're absolutely fucked. And I think you're right, Jamie. I think if those two do go in January and we don't really replace them properly, then we're going to be looking at a pretty bleak end to the season. Well, maybe let's just look ahead slightly then, because as I say, that yes, we've had this this slip up in the cup, you know, qualifying for the FA Cup in the league still unbeaten, a lot of draws in there, as I've been saying. Fixtures, you know, they're coming quite fast now throughout sort of end of October and November. We've got South End obviously next. And then there's two, and they moved the Barnet game, didn't they? It was on the Saturday. It's been moved to the Friday. So we're playing Tuesday against Gateshead at home and then Barnet on the Friday. So Jesus. not, yeah, not not a lot of time in between them. And then we've got Eastley on the first and then um, home to Wrexham on BT again uh, on the eighth. So, yeah, so TV's coming in and also, you know, a lot of fixtures in there. What what, what are we making of it? And, and I don't know, maybe maybe tying that into to doors a little bit and, and how do you think he's doing? And uh, yeah, what are you expecting for the next couple of weeks? Well, this is this is the kind of a crunch period really for, for kind of doors because I think that we studied the ship, as we said, six unbeaten. We should have won more of those games. And a lot of those games were do we want to say relatively easy? You know, we're playing clubs like um altering them and then obviously we had York at home, Dorking at home, away to Torquay was kind of bottom of the league. Oldham was probably more of a tough game, but we got yeah. a good result there. And we should have beat Aldershot at home. Um, and obviously you're looking south end, long way to go, not an easy place to go. Um a Gateshead, you would like to think we would win that, but who the hell knows these days? Away to Barnet, away to Eastley and home to Wrexham. None of those are easy games. Um, counties um, coming up as well. Yeah. And you know, none of those are easy games. And the problem you've got is if was if if we now sort of lose the next few, we're already second bottom. So that once that gap starts to open up, you get a bit worried. It could go either way, really. We could get a couple of wins and we could be mid-table or we could get nothing and we could be literally rock bottom. And I think that it's going to go one of those types, kind of two directions, unfortunately. So it's it's really crunch time for the club, to be quite honest, because we're starting to come into winter a little bit. The pitches start to tear up. There's going to be less football being played, you know, in the National League. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult because we, we do like to play a bit of football. Um, and that's going to make it more difficult. But, um, you know, it's not going to get any easier. It's going to get more difficult, really. Um, 
So yeah, I know. I know they've said that um, Tony Dawes is still still technically head of the academy as well. But obviously, another thing is that Andy Butler's come back and he's going to be working with the sort of youth players a little bit as well as a coach. Um, that suggests to me that you know we are looking at Tony Dawes probably certainly this season. And I know we sort of assume that, but bringing Butler back in to sort of focus on on some of the younger players and, and that side of things, that suggests to me that it's going to be Dawes, it's going to be Nelson for, for the foreseeable, really. Certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah, Butler is definitely coming to replace Tony Dawes, certainly in the, in the interim anyway. Um, I mean, Tony Dawes would be foolish wanted to take the job anyway, because um, if he found himself out of work in six months' time, um, but yeah, I mean, good to see Andy Butler come back to yeah. the club, um, particularly after the um, difficult time he had the other season. That one year he, he didn't um, tear up any trees, did he? But yeah, it's good to have him back at the club um, as, as he was one of the players who came through the youth setup, wasn't he? So he, he knows a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's, it's good to have him back. But like I say, it, it's it looking likely that he's going to be Tony Dawes' replacement at the youth setup because we can't afford to have two people of experience working in the youth side, can we really? It's a club where it's not making any money. Can't afford to pay two people to do the same job. I imagine everybody, sort of any any coach connected to the club, at the minute, probably going to be across multiple levels. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Butler doing a bit with the first team as well, you know. And Well, hopefully. That, I yeah. mean, he was a good well, defender and we can't very good defender. for shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, is it Rob Watson as well? He's been doing a bit, you know, he's been doing a bit of coaching as well, hasn't he? You know, so I, th- I, Im- I imagine sort of, Everybody's sort of everywhere at the minute. Yeah, I hope uh, you would think so, and hopefully we can draw on, on kind of Butler's experience because you know he was uh, you know a top quality defender in his day. You know he's a top top quality centre back really. Um, so hopefully um, he'll be able to kind of pass on some of that experience and sort of know how to our shaky defence really um, mm-hmm. because it, it won't go amiss. No, um, maybe just let's let's sort of round off then. So we've got this unbeaten run. It is the draws. It does remind me a little bit of um, when Russ Wilcox was here, you know, and what was it, 28 games, something like that. And the amount of people getting frustrated in the end, weren't they? In the way that that's that sort of the fact that we were unbeaten, I think, became a bit of a hold up point. Um, maybe maybe we don't have that now because we went out to South Shields yesterday, but we've got to start turning these into wins, haven't we, really? I mean, and, and sooner rather than later, how, how much further do you think we can go on just getting a point at a time or, you know, or even a slip up before, you know, something massive has to change. We can't, can we? We've got to start winning games now. It's as simple as that. I mean, points don't make a great deal of difference when you're in the bottom four because it just takes a couple of teams above you to start winning games and then you're cut adrift, aren't you? And then you're in a right old mess. And like I say, we're playing well and we're not winning now. So when the bad performances do start coming, which they will do, I think we're going to be finding ourselves caught adrift and losing games more than drawing them now. So it, it, we need to start winning now. Simple as that. Yeah, I think, you know, you're right. Points not going to do anything good. If we keep drawing towards to, to the end of the season, we're not going to be in this league next year. And it's as simple as that. We either win or, you know, the, the, as I said earlier, the, the club, the, the, the existence of the club is at risk because I don't think we could take being relegated again. Um, and I just... It's gonna it's gonna be incredibly bleak if that happens, but it's 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 a real real possibility. Um, and you know until we start um, getting the wins together, we're not gonna pull away from the kind of bottom four. And it's it's one of those things. It's kind of it's very close to going either way, isn't it? Really, Look, as we said, if we won a couple more of the games we drew, which we could have easily done, we'd be sort of mid table now. But um, equally, if if we don't get many points from the next few games, which are all gonna be pretty tough. 
Um, and then if we do end up losing kind of after in January and, and, you know, maybe losing maybe Nuttall or something like that, then we're going to be in a real mess. So we need to get the points now, really. We need to start getting on the board. And, and you know, the, the club is capable of doing that. The team is capable. We've got some quality. The defence just needs sorting out. It's as simple as that. And, and, and I think until that happens, until the defence is shored up or something changes, we're going to be in this kind of sort of draw spiral, really. And I think it's going to continue, unfortunately. So something needs to give. Right, let's uh, let's leave it there. As I said at the start, hopefully, uh, well, almost certainly should be more regular podcasts from now on. Um, as I say, fixtures are coming thick and fast, so we'll we'll, we'll cover a few of those at once. I think, um, Jamie, thank you for coming on. Thank you, appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for having us back. It's been good. And thanks for listening to this once again. Um, we'll be back very soon. We'll see you on the next one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 